You're listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Hello, welcome everyone to the Sourced Property Podcast. Some of you will already know who I am. I'm Derek Pratt, Commercial Director with Source Capital. And today I'm delighted to be joined by a colleague of mine, David Platt, who is our pre-construction manager within a sister company of ours, Sourced Developments. Developments, yeah. So uh, the idea today is that we're going to talk through the general heading of keeping construction costs under control and try and look at this from, from both sides of the coin, really. So from my perspective as the lender, then we'll hopefully uh, hopefully go through this and be able to explain the, ele- the elements and areas that we're looking at. Um, now, in my head, uh, I've always thought over many years that anything that we're looking for or areas of concern for us as a lender should always be the same areas of concern and uh, attention for whoever the developer is because ultimately we are looking at one in the same thing which is the ability to get that construction project from start to finish as a successful deal. The uh, the angle we want to put on that today is to include Dave's view on this because as a massively experienced and qualified professional working on the development side of these deals let's uh, you know let's take this opportunity and, and see what uh, see what from the developer side of things that they're looking for and what they can bring to this uh, to this quite important but wide-ranging topic that, that hopefully you guys can uh, you know, can, can take some some guidance from or or maybe even maybe even learn something who knows um, so welcome Dave thank you very much sorry about that long horrible introduction but here we go let's get into the bones of this um, Okay, keeping construction costs under control. Um, so before we get really into a development that's ongoing, from my point of view as a lender, there's a lot of due diligence that goes into making sure that we do, you know, all the pre-work, um, you know, due diligence, costings, all of that. In my head, is is a massive, massive part of the project. I do, however, occasionally get a bit of um, resistance from uh, from potential developers thinking that we're going a little bit too far on due diligence. Yeah. What's what's your thought on this from the other side of so the coin? I can see where people are coming from. The the problem with ninety nine point nine percent of projects at the stage where you're confirming funding is you just don't have enough information, and obviously someone sitting across the desk who's going to give you the money. Um, and you want you know you want everything to go smoothly. It can be quite frustrating when they're asking for things that you don't necessarily have yet, or are going to be a bit of a pain to get. Um, but obviously, you know, as you said before, everything that you want should be the same things that we want on the development side, or the developers, or the constructors. Um, you know, we all want it to be a successful project. We want costs to come in right. We want to make all make a bit of money out of the deal. Um, so yeah, so I think obviously first thing is, is is appreciate you know where you're coming from. So we, we which obviously working closely with you I do hopefully um, the franchisees do as well um, as frustrating as it can be sometimes when they're asked for for information um, but yeah I think um, it's the lack of information at that stage it's the it's the lack of clarity you know you haven't necessarily developed your design your builders quotes your builders costs will be very generic you can't nail those things down um, some of your compliance stuff won't be sorted yet so you know it can be quite daunting to be asked a ton of questions and go 
ah, there's no way I can get this in time. What comes first, chicken or the egg? I need the funding to go ahead with something. So, you know, obviously, we've all got to come to some sort of cordial agreement around that and, and what sort of threshold of information is good enough and, and, and gives us the comfort, um, which I suppose is is probably different for each project, would you say? I, I think it is different because I think, it, it, it again, from from where I'm sat, Yes, there's a you know there's probably an amazing textbook answer as to what any development deal looks like from yeah. a lender's point of view, and you know yeah you you, you know, I know you've you know got a, a, a list as long as your arm as with regards to the qualifications that you've got around sort of you know the building side of it, the construction management side of it, the construction law side of it, you know, and that's kind of where you know your ability to put sort of technical knowledge and practical knowledge together is key. I suppose in my world, yeah, all my qualifications are, are about mm. how we how we look at it from a lender's perspective. But the practical side of that is, do you know what, if we're looking at a multi-million pound development that's massively complex, of course, we're probably going to have a, put a tick in most boxes that would be applicable to a lovely exam question on what does a development deal look like. Mm -hmm. All of those aren't going to be relevant or appropriate, really, as, as we get into the smaller deals. So, you know, yes, there's going to be a different approach from us as the lender mm. into different kinds of deals. But, you know, I suppose if I massively summarised any kind of development, what am I looking for? I'm looking for, ultimately, who that borrower is, you know, going through the standard due diligence, but ultimately, are they in a position to take that deal from, from start to finish? Because all anyone's really bothered about is, if it's a development project, are they being able to get this thing finished? None mm. of us, you know, now they're the developer, the investors, or us as the lender, you know, are gonna want a half-finished project. No, and, and, and you know, a lot of it, it does come down in a lot of ways to, you know, what, what traditional what procurement route you come up with you know are you are you going to self-build this thing are you going to use a builder and if you are going to use a builder what's you know how have you procured that builder um you know the level of control you have over them and, and you know i say this with full knowledge that i am a builder and and i can sit on that side as well but you know they will be as nice as anything and as accommodating as anything at the start of the job because they want to win that job um when their costs are going up and the client is worried about his cost going up. Um, you know, the builder's got the power to to basically stop work, do work, do less work, lower the spec, unless you've got him to a contract that says otherwise. Um, so I'm, I'm sure we'll get into more detail on that in a bit, but it's, um, yeah, control your builder, really. Yeah, and you know, it, it's there in the heading, keeping con you know, construction costs under control, mm. but that's probably, giving the whole focus on costs a bit of a disservice because you know i think it's understanding you've just said there what what is the contract it's not just keeping them under control when the build is undergoing it's mm. really understanding how those costs are being ascertained and assessed at the start isn't it you know so for me mm. as we said yes we're going to assess the borrower but then it's ultimately does that deal have enough money in it to make sure that that borrower if we've said that you know we've already assessed that borrower is someone we want to support that you need to give them a loan that's got enough money in it to get them from start to finish. So by definition, the costs are a massive part of that. Um, so costs, time, and then for you know compliance and, and quality, they're the main issues for me. But so sort of uh, a headwind I often come across for me is, 
Now, in use of their self procurement versus a contractor versus cost certainty. You know, I need cost certainty. Right, that's what I need mm -hmm. as the lender. Right, if I'm going to lend X amount of pounds, I need to know that gets on from start to finish. And I will always want some kind of contingency built into that, which is normally hit with some resistance mm -hmm. because it's like, well, hang on, I've got I've got quotes here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I've got a quote. They said they can do it for doesn't matter. Make numbers up. 500,000 quid and then you're telling me that you're going to want a contingency of X on top from your point of view then if you've got a fixed price contract is there ever such a thing as a fixed price contract yeah, yeah. So, so you can you can get a lump sum contract and that's good I mean in the initial phases I, I get them all the time from subcontractors and contractors I'm sure you must get them you get these one page quotes I will build your building for Five hundred thousand pounds. Thank you very much, Mister Builder. And you're like, there's absolutely zero detail behind that. Um, must have took them all of ten minutes to put together. How much are we really sure about that quote? So, you know, cost certainty in your quote at the start is very tricky. We've talked about how a lot of the franchisees buy these things with planning permission, um, but then you've got to go and get your, you know, your, your further planning and your building regs, etc. Um, you've also got to develop your design what type of kitchens do you want etc etc what type of finishes your builder will you know, there's no way you can read your mind he doesn't know all these things up front he's put in his head it's going to be a thousand pound kitchen then you come along with a four thousand pound kitchen then straight away your costs are changing um, in terms of contingency look you know I've worked for some very big companies um, I've worked for some small companies any job you ever price from a professional point of view will have contingency in um, and I think we mentioned that well, while we were just chatting about pre 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 the talk, um, pre the podcast, that you know, if, if there's something that the professionals in the industry do, why would we as people looking after our own money and our own developments want to do any any differently? Why would we think that we can reinvent the wheel in these things? Um, so yeah, contingency, you know, a standard contingency will be like ten fifteen percent. It's not a small amount of money. Um, it's you know we'll come into other things we'll talk about later about like things like design costs you know these things should always be factored in because uh, if not they'll come back to bite you and uh, they certainly will uh, yeah and um, i think it's a fantastic point you make is you know if if the biggest and best developers surround themselves by professionals uh, and go to the you know the absolutely nth degree with regards to making sure everything's done right in the costing stage and the development stage the you know the prep stage before they're ever sort of even stepping foot on site um yeah how do you then so where's the parallel with, with that if you know if they're the best guys and they do that why would someone who's totally inexperienced think that yeah they can do it in a completely different way and, and yeah. know better and, than, and than we, the professionals you know, so. you know the yes it, it's cost and it comes down to cost and and you know it, it's quite daunting when you go and get your quotes and you know architecture structure engineer landscape engineer etc 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 and you're coming back and you're going that's 20 percent of me of, of me quote there on, on top you know yikes that, that's a lot of money um and yet these guys these big developers have everyone around them and i guess there is a question of scale as well you know yeah. um you know you lose 20% of 100 grand, you lose 20% of 20 million. You know, it's a bigger amount to lose, but you've still got much more left in the pot. So yes, we, we understand that and we get that. And there are certain things you do um, at the lower end to, to save a bit of money and to, to you know, work around the system. But you, again, that comes with experience too. Um, 
if it's someone who is completely inexperienced, you certainly shouldn't shouldn't think you can just you know start running and um, diving at the deep end to mix with metaphors. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, I think we play metaphor bingo now. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I spoke recently. I had I did my first training day for the company recently, um, and one of the first things I spoke about was um, kind of ties into health and safety, which I know isn't the topic here, but. Um, construction design management regulations you have to have a principal designer that will almost always and almost certainly be your architect I know some of the bigger companies can take that in house but you know, for, for us as sourced and franchisees that will be your architect um, and you know lean on them as a resource they will help you build your design team they will help you get the best quotes they work with people they can get you multiple quotes they'll generally get you quotes without adding too much to their fee you know it, it helps them build a team um, they get to sort of scratch your back scratch my back off the other off the other professionals kind of thing they'll get recommended and retain other, on other jobs um, and they'll help you build your team and help you decide who you don't need on the team as well so save you some money in that regard um, so yeah you know, that cost, cost point number one use your architect he'll help you yeah um, and that's you know, I think that's massive in that resource isn't just cash is it resources access to information mm, yeah um, but you know cash is a big part of any any deal so you know and that's I think it's key to, to anyone listening to this it, we absolutely understand that um, you know as a source capital yes we'll try and make sure um, you know point that Dave raised earlier you know we'll try and make sure that before you're putting your hand in your pocket for anything you know that there's an agreement in principle for that deal but because you know the definition of, of most developments it's going to be any agreement we give is going to be subject to satisfaction of whatever whether it's preconditions whether it's you know we have you know we have due diligence on, on who the proposed contractor is but mm. you know just general things again as we go through it and, and I think you know it is absolutely understood that why a, a borrower, a developer, is reticent to put money into, you know, doing pre-commencement reports or you know paying for whatever. Whether it's a if, if it's a red flag on contamination, for example. Yeah, ground surveys, etc. You know, yeah. we'll sit there and go, well, actually, no, we'll need that before we can really start on site, and it's like. Hang on, this is just money, money, money out, more money out, more money out, and I haven't even bought yeah, the thing and, yet. And if you don't buy it and the deal goes dead, you've spent what five, ten thousand pounds each. It can go like that. Uh, yeah. But is that better money spent and not progressing than progressing not having spent the money and found out you've got a nightmare? Yeah, I think so. I, th I think you know, one of the things you know, you've, you've found your deal you like, you it's got planning permission read that planning permission to start with you know 100% read that Massive. Um, we were talking quite recently on a development um, for instance your point of connection for your power you might look, you might even have access to utility drawings and there's a power cable runs right acro across the street, great no problem at all, however if they decide and uh, as often is now you know you need to put in an electric vehicle charging point for each house on the development or you need to put in electric gates or there is an issue where you need to put in, um, you can't get gas to the property, so you've got to put in air source handlers, for instance, and you need a power draw for them. And it might be that that power cable that you think you were going to come off in the street isn't isn't right for you. Um, Scottish Power or whoever it is, Manweb, Norweb, they will then take you further down the road. You might go 50 metres, 100 metres, 200 metres, um, all at your expense. 
uh, they might decide that your development needs a substation building at your expense um, you know and these things can go from what you might thought might you might have budgeted as a five grand power connection might end up being 20 30 40 thousand pounds or more um, so yeah so definitely you know do, do your due diligence in that regard in terms of ground contamination um, if there's any sort of um, potentially flagged up issues in the planning or in any initial surveys that you've had done you know yeah spend the money and get a proper site investigation done it'll, it'll be worth it um, yeah I think that's you know it, mm. it, it's always difficult isn't it because you don't want to we don't want to come over sort of even remotely preachy about this but mm. you know we've seen it from the nightmare point of view both of us I know you've seen yeah, yeah, yeah. you know doesn't matter how much work you do you, you can still end up in a nightmare but most of those can be avoided if you do the pre-work can't we yeah that was it a famous George Bushism the, the no, unknowns and the unknown unknowns um, but um, you know what we don't know but yeah you know you can you can take all the care in the world and of course something can still come up and you sit there going oh why you know source told me to get that survey and I st it still get it still went wrong look that that's life um, you can only do the best that you can do um, and everything you know you've got to risk assess it to your own personal circumstances and your project and your budget um, and it might be that you decide actually I don't need that survey okay fine as long as it's a considered judgment um, and you've you know you've considered all the risks and and what could go wrong if you proceed and, and then the survey shows something later okay fine um but yeah as a standard course it it seemed wise to to have every bit of information you could get within a reasonable cost yeah, i think um you know th th there's we, we, in fairness you and i could sit here for, for two or three days and talk about all the potential issues that might happen exactly, on, yeah. on any potential deal and you know to be fair you know all of what we talk about won't happen on an every deal and in fairness you know as we said right at the start of this scale and in context is, is key to everything mm -hmm. so yeah you know we're talking about some of the stuff about substations of course that's not going to happen if you're just doing a you know a nice little tartan turn somewhere yeah you know but what would happen there is is actually yeah even if this is a real simple job a real simple job mm. you know, that might be 25 grand refurbishment actually if you've you know, if you've got the wrong quote, if you've got the wrong developer, if you've got, you know, you can all of a sudden you can turn a twenty-five grand job into a seventy-five grand job just by messing up. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, you think you're ripping out a bathroom and a kitchen, and you you do that, and you find oh, actually, so all of a sudden there's there's rot in the wood behind there, and and your floor joists have gone through because the the old bath was had a steady leak for twenty years, and you know all these things can come wrong um yeah or uh, you yeah. suddenly find out your builder's ripping asbestos out your roof and yeah you know exactly so so it you're right it you know certain things won't come up on the smaller end but some things can and some things are more likely to depending on the age of the building and um, like you say asbestos being one um so yeah you know lo lots of things to consider i think i think what what the overarching thing we're trying to say is is, is you know a, as much information as you can get and um, take the proper advice and in terms of cost control, allow for it in your initial plan. And it's very easy and very, you know, in the exciting stage of I found a plot, I'm going to make a million here, I'm going to be, I'm going to be rich. Um, it's very easy to, to oversee or to be too optimistic about certain things like contingency, like um, design fees, um, like surveys. So, you know, they're not the sexy part of the build, but, you know, please do consider them and include them. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's not sexy. And again, I, I'm sort of, 
try and look at this from, from, from either side. I, the way I like to look at it is if, if that deal works with a contingency, right, mm -hmm. and it's a discussion and a debate like, you know, over many, many years with many different people, it's like, well, you know, I think your contingency is too high, or you know, <laughs> I've got a contract, I've worked with this person before, you know, the price of building materials is stable, you know, and y you name it, again, many, many different conversations, but I suppose the, the very, you know, come back to your word of the overarch, you know, the, this will apply to everything. If that deal works with the contingency, do you know what? If you don't use that contingency, mm. you've just made more profit. Yeah. However, if the deal only works, if everything goes absolutely perfectly and you don't need a contingency of a time, you don't need a contingency mm. of a cost, you should never start it. No, I, I think in that, if that, if that's what happens and you get there and you go, you know what? This deal would work without my contingency. You should probably take a step back, review, and and look at what what's in the deal that you can do without. You know, can I change my kitchens and save some money? Can I change my bathroom, save some money? Can I lose a house off the plot? Maybe put it in a. You know what? It'll be. I'll build it once I've made me money, and I'll come back to that one plot. Whatever it needs to be, um, and keep the contingency because, as you say, later if everything's going really well, you can bring that contingency back into play. It, you know, it, it's there. Um, but it, like you say, the deal should work with contingency or or something's not quite right. Yeah, and I think it's just, you know, it's just general prudence, isn't it? Um, you know, we, and it's, you know, we used the word before, it, it, it's, it's not being preachy. It's about the fact that, you know, we're not saying you're gonna need it. We're not saying things will go wrong on your project. What we're mm. saying is we've seen loads of projects and things do go wrong yeah, yeah, yeah um so so do the work at the start i think everyone's in agreement with that that's you know you as the developer us as the uh, us as the lender let's make sure we're all comfortable that we've got a sensible you know feel as to as to what it's going to cost to do this that we've done whatever surveys we need to do and that they've built or they're built into the overview of the costs um Again, from a lender's point of view, I'd want to make sure that it's not just the costs. We understand the cash mm. flow and the build schedule to make sure, again, that you don't hit yourselves with yeah. any problems with that. You know, your contractor or your preferred procurement method, however you're doing it. You know, it might even be yourself procking it. But if you're self procuring that, we need to make sure <laughs> your cash flow works because, you know, yourself, you've got a self employed bricky on site. He's not going to want to wait mm. two months to get paid. Yeah, I mean, to, to talk, again, it's, it's all in the setup and, and your contract with your builder. So um, cash flow, generally, you'll take your quote, you'll look at your duration, you'll see when, how you expect things to come in, especially your big items that you're paying for. Um, and, you know, spread that out across your pay, payment stages. Um, there's probably, you know, you're either probably paying on a monthly basis, fortnightly basis, maybe, and, and it's that's what we call interim payments and you're paying on a regular basis or you're paying milestone you know oh the foundations are done here's your money at that stage your superstructure's done you've got the roof tiled there's that stage oh you know first fix is done internally that's that stage and you're paying in bigger chunks um what i'd say is, is don't be on the, the situation where you're paying on demand off the builder um because you know you, it's quite hard to keep control of that he'll get quite pushy he'll want his money have a agreed payment schedule up front that helps you with your cash flow forecast um and i'd also say um a key one 
which some of the smaller builders might not like is retention um, you need retention um, I'm sorry but we've seen time time you've got builders who are someone's best friend he was my best mate not anymore you know that the when, when money comes into it friendships can be ruined um, and builders builders look after their pocket they've got a company to maintain they've got employees to pay and if they've got a job that's done and it's been overspent you just haven't agreed the variations and the extra spend um, and they're looking at saying well it's going to cost me 20 grand to finish this job and you've only got five grand left to pay me well guess what that builder's not coming back I'll tell you I, I, don't, I don't think it was necessarily by design but you, you've just sort of set my mind thinking with something you've said then because one of the ways I think particularly on smaller developments where people see a real cost saving is to move away from anything that looks massively contractual and end up paying you know, doesn't matter whether it's, whether it's the mate or whether it's just a, a local self-employed bod, but people who, who are quite happy to get paid per hour, per day, rather, now, you mentioned there, yeah. getting it, you know, making your payments at certain stages of the build as one of the protectors or, you know, there is no protection, is it? If, you're, if you pay, your whole purpose of paying them is you'll give them X amount on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, uh, I, I would say, look, you know, if... if if someone comes along to you and says, uh, oh, £15 an hour, mate, kind of thing, um, you know, run, run for the hills, that, that that will be the most expensive build you ever build. Um, get people on a price. Get people to give you a quote for the works. If something changes, agree the variation price. Um, day rate should be your absolute last resort for anything. Um and and a lot of it can be avoided with the you know we talk about the design up front early on the better your design the better your lump sum price great if you're lacking information that's when you'll can tend to get people say well i'm, I'm not going to give a lump sum price on that because there's not enough information i'll do it for x amount an hour um and look you know, sometimes we all have to do it needs must on the devil rides i would avoid it like the plague avoid it like the plague it, it will your costs will spiral and they're uncontrollable um, you'll have X amount in for the masonry to your house for building the house and the bricklayers will take six weeks longer, gang of four, and all of a sudden you've paid 30 grand more than you thought and it's, it just go, it'll go in an instant um, and it won't be controllable. You'll need to get it finished. You'll have that, that I've got to get this brickwork finished. I've got roofers coming in. I've got scaffold up. That's costing me money every week um, and that pressure will be on and you'll need to pay those guys. Um, don't do it. Yeah, uh, and you know, like I said, that, that definitely wasn't by design, it wasn't in the plan, it wasn't anything we were going to talk about, but mm. I do think that whole thing of, of day rate, you know, which looks like an amazing saving when you're talking to your mate in the pub, or you're saying, how do I, you know, how do I take this, this contractor's profit out of it, mm. <laughs> unless you have any safety net built into it, it could be a mare, can't it? Yeah, 100%, it's... Um it's just a quick way for cost to spiral and your job will go slower as well I'm, I'm really sorry I don't mean to disparage the building trade but a man who's you, you, a, are, a, a, <laughs> you are you are a qualified builder Dave I am that. a qualified yeah. builder yes um, but you know it, it's a simple truth of life that a bricklayer who's got a wall to build if he's if he's told that wall will earn him a thousand pounds or he will be paid ten pound an hour to build that wall um the thousand pound builder will build that in twice the time uh, twice the speed of the other builder so um yeah it's just the way of life okay um so just 
so we've, we've moved through this we've done all the initial assessment we've talked through we as the lender have said yeah we'll agree that subject to some of that subject to will be before you ever get anywhere near the site but you do that as appropriate mm -hmm. not not overkill you do it as appropriate you've got the right contract either or you've got the right procurement method that's appropriate to the size of the deal you've done your due diligence on that contractor if it's of that size or well, actually I'll, I'll I'll just uh, batter me an argument. It doesn't matter what size it is. Mm. You should have done your due diligence on that contract. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, even if it's a ten grand refurb of your bathroom, you shouldn't be letting someone yeah, yeah. in just to. Uh, uh, you know, a CV, a work history, a portfolio, whatever it is, references. See what something. Done. Yeah. Something. Ideally. Um. So they're on site. They've started work. We as a lender, if this is a a decent sized deal. And this is going to probably come into this. How do we monitor the construction costs during the build? Mm -hmm. All right. So we, as the lender, if it's a decent sized deal, we'll have an independent monitoring surveyor who will have, okay, been part of the initial overview to make sure the appointments are right and that you know those costings are sensible, realistic, and the timings are, are all sensible. It, it's another cost. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. another cost for the borrower. We get that, but it's it's a key way for us at arm's length for an independent professional to say actually yes that is or it isn't sometimes mm -hmm. but hopefully it is on target with regards to cost time yeah. compliance quality um it always strikes me a bit scary that sometimes when we see a monitoring surveyors report and put that to the borrower that they're not aware that that scheme isn't on schedule how how can that happen uh if so let's say they've got a contract so let's keep this quite straightforward mm -hmm. is, there, is, there a, is there ever a scenario where RMS who's coming in six weeks or eight weeks after the you know after the event is is really telling yeah. that borrower something they don't know so it all, it all depends I guess on the scale of project and how involved you are in the day-to-day -day running um, obviously I've sat on the side of the contractor for a lot of my career um, and what how we'd manage cost control, you know, a company like Potions or Alpha BT, um, we would essentially, you know, we'd have probably monthly meetings. It might be less if your build duration's less, but monthly meetings. And the quantity surveyor would pull together what we'd call a CVR, cost value reconciliation. And that would essentially be um, a table of everything that, that's in the job that we've broken down. So um, when we talked earlier about the quotes, you know how basic are the quotes how detailed so on a smaller job the quote might just be you know install bathroom suite um, plaster to living room lights throughout etc etc that's fine okay for a smaller job one build house refurb whatever you want to call it um you're building more houses and things you might break that down and say okay there is 300 meters squared of, of blue plasterboard you know 200 meters squared of moisture resistant plasterboard to the bathrooms and get more detailed like that that will have a rate against it or a cost against it um what we would then do is say how much is done how much is spent what are the variations and then the rest of it would still be the projection of what's left to spend because you know what you've spent might be more than what should have been spent up to now and that would tell us where we are in the job are we so many percent ahead are we so many percent behind etc so that's how we do it and then in our monthly client meetings we'd then you know as contractors do we probably knock a couple of percent off the profit that we're making and say this is our position and the job's going well or the job's not going so well and here's how we're going to get it back so that the client would get a monthly update in that position and they would know 
um, quite often on the bigger jobs, especially if it was a PFI or a public publicly funded hospital, etc. You know, the finances were sitting in the room with us, um, so the bank's sitting there as well, listening to the report, um, and you'd have all these sort of push and pull dynamics where that you might have a separate meeting with the client because he doesn't want to tell the bank everything. Yep, fine, okay, that that's personal relationships, um, but at the basic level, you should you should know what each item is going to cost you how much is done how much is left to do and that will tell you whether you're ahead or behind and what's going on and the minute you start looking like you're behind start looking where you're going to save that money back that that's the simple answer isn't it you know where, where are you going to make that money back so um it all comes down to how detailed your builder's quote is and how much you can break that down into into its elements and and get a cost against each element all right okay and i'm not gonna put words in your mouth here but you know, you've mentioned there that you'd have your own QS, and and, and obviously scale is key. Here, scale is key. So yeah, that might just be right. you. you. You know, you can That's you can you can monitor money. They're all smart people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you're on, just get on site, ask your builders where you're up to. Don't necessarily take it as a given. Yeah, yeah. Just... So walk around the plot. You know, builder says to you, "Oh yeah, I'm sixty percent done in that bathroom," and you walk in and there's not a single pipe in the wall and every, everything's been ripped out. And you go, "You know what? The rip out, the rip out, a couple of layers for a couple of days. Actually, I'm going to say about twenty percent." Not sixty percent, and 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 only pay him twenty percent, and and he'll moan, he'll want more money, um, and he might try and negotiate with you, and maybe you go to twenty five percent, thirty percent, whatever, but but you know that's not sixty percent when he's only done the rip out, um, same with you, you know, you can go in and, and without having to get your tape measure out, if they're talking about plaster in the room, there's four rooms downstairs, there's four rooms upstairs, you know, um, he's done he's done the downstairs, he's at fifty percent, isn't he? Roughly, he might not be to the exact meter square, but he's fifty percent. Paying fifty percent, um, and and if he's if he's telling you he's spent more, then then there's something wrong, and and obviously it comes down to your contract whether um, that's him spending more because he's not managed it properly, in which case I'm sorry, Mr. Builder, that's your problem, or because you've asked for extra detailed plastic ovens that were never in the build, well then you need to pay him for the plastic ovens. So yeah, yeah, and, and you know at these points absolutely work whether it's a you know it's a 20 grand job or whether it's a 20 million quid job aren't they it, it's it's just it's the same concept but scaled and yeah. and the, the you know the level of degree that you go to and, and, and I think you, you know the, the point you make is, is a really good one which is you can mm. step foot on site and ask that question you should have a relationship yeah, look, you? E even on a 20 million on a 20 million pound build you'll probably have every um you know architect quantity surveyor site agent client agent you'll have them all there doing that job for you but really if you're spending 20 million pounds wouldn't you go and walk the site yourself anyway <laughs> you know why, why would you leave that to other people <laughs> so, and the same goes like you say down to scale you're 20 million quid i'll be living on site <laughs> right? so yeah but you know yes and it scales down but again you know even if it's a 20 grand build it's your 20 grand go and, go and look after it yeah and and you well, it's probably comes a nice circle all the way back to what we said earlier on which is if this is an issue for us as the lender and all we're doing is looking after other people's money mm -hmm. then absolutely if you're looking after your money your profit your time your effort your emotional involvement just ask yeah. the right questions you know be all over it that's my view i'd say be yeah, pain I, in the backside but and look i get some of the franchisees it's it's a side hustle i think is the is the the kids are calling it these days. You know, it's it's a side it's a side business. Um, so young. I know, right. I know. Sorry, um, it's a side business, and they can't spend every day on site, and they can't go down all the time. I get that, and they're putting their trust in these people. All I'd say in that regard is just make sure your contract's right. Get people to the right contract, 
and you'll be protected you know um do it on a handshake and a, and a, i know this guy for 20 years down the pub then you're not protected and and you know as nice as that guy might be he's still not going to want to put his hand in his pocket and pay you 20 grand back when it's lost yeah. so and yeah. you know probably the final extension to that for me is if if this is a job that that we thought was big enough to have a, a monitoring surveyor in as a lender mm -hmm. then is it you know even if it doesn't work for you to have your qs you do your bit stay on site be close to it but you know what that monitoring surveyor's report is going to be an independent professional's overview mm -hmm. so it's you know it has a place to play not just to for, for us as the lender but for you as for you as the developer doesn't it because you know if, if you haven't got your own qs but mm -hmm. you have got a report from an independent professional saying i don't care what they're saying this is where you're up to it's yeah. a powerful tool isn't it yeah you use it you know it's there's no um as far as i'm aware anyway you might you might correct me now there's no secrets in that process is it you know that the, the yeah. monitor surveyor will come into the report they're quite happy to say to you as well as to derek that you know it's he's at this percentage he's at this value um and you know certainly yeah, if, you, if you've if you've not been able to afford a QS on the project and you're doing this yourself or you've got someone doing it for you and the monitoring surveyor is telling you something, then use it. Like you say, it's a very, it is a powerful tool. Uh, and it's almost, you know, it's an awkward conversation, especially if it's someone that you know, that builder, I don't think you're at that level that you're asking for or I don't think you're telling me everything or I don't think the money's where it should be. You've got this monitoring surveyor's report off the lender. You can you can use that. You know, that that's a, a social get out of jail card. This isn't me. This isn't me, Steve. This, you know, yeah. the lender's saying this. I absolutely, you know, I'd love to pay that money, but I actually physically can't because the lender said you're not there. Work with. What, what can we do to get you there? Work with me. Um, you know, play, play, play both sides by all means. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, make, make, make sourced capital the bad guy. So you just blame, basically blaming us then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blame Derek. That's blame Derek a hundred percent. That's cool because, you know, we'll be blaming the MS. So that's <laughs> exactly. it. It's yeah. all right. Uh, but you know what that that is what it's there for yeah you know if genuinely you're paying as the as the developer you are paying for that report so you know use it mm. use it to your advantage you know there is no that no, you, you weren't treading on any eggshells there dave we, mm. no, there isn't any hidden agenda we, you know yes you've paid for it yes it's instructed to us and obviously there to be relied on by us but you will get a copy of it as the developer mm. you pay for it you'll get a copy of it you know it's like they the initial MS report, you pay for it, you'll get a copy. The valuation, you pay for it, you'll get a copy. You know, all these are all important parts of, you know, of the process, and hopefully just keep reinforcing that if there's anything that that we're looking at as the lender, then realistically, there really shouldn't be anything that we're interested in that you shouldn't. No, no, you should, you should, you should want the same protections that we do, really. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think what one last sort of thinking point. Um, from me, so we we talked about making sure you set up right at the start, making sure you monitor those costs regularly. Um, you know, attack the costs early if you think that you're going behind. Um, retention's a good point. Retention, retention was a massive one. Um, his health and safety. Um, yes, from a general <sighs> point, of we view. could almost hear people yawning now. I'll be switching off. From a general point of view, yes, very important. All I'd say is, few things will cost you more than. Um, HSE interventions um, so you know take some advice um, get some advice make sure that when you you know you don't have to have 
someone on site all the time. You only turn up and say, if it doesn't look right, it's not right. You know, that's the general thing. You, you, you know, we're, we're all sensible people. If there's people hanging off ladders and walking around with no high, high vis on and hats on, you know that's not right. That's not construction. Um, HSE get involved. They rock up to site um, and they find you're on a fee for intervention. You're on for unlimited fines. And if something goes wrong... What, the football? Fee, fee for... So oh, that's, right, the, that's the, the Scouse accent, sorry. Fee for intervention. So basically, they used to do set fees, um, and then the government took away their funding to a large degree, uh, and now they're on what they call fee for intervention. So they are actually incentivized to go to your site and find issues, because if they walk around, everything's perfect, they get paid nothing, and they've wasted their time. They walk on site, and they find something wrong, and then they've got to go back and write you a letter, or a prohibition notice, or an improvement notice, that suddenly the, the cash tills are ringing and they're making money and, and that's all good. It's very much like the traffic wardens sort of situation. Um, so, you know, they're not terrible people. They'll give you advice and they'll talk you through and they'll try and get you back, but they'll charge you for it and they'll charge you a hefty fee. Um, and then, God forbid, they find something more serious. Um, you're on for an unlimited fine, or £20,000 magistrate's court, unlimited fine, Crown Court. Um, and, you know, if the worst is the worst and something actually happens that's more serious, you could also be looking at jail time. So um, in terms of your costs, that is a cost that you will not have accounted for um, and you really want to avoid for many, many reasons and no one wants your name or our name in the papers. Um, so yeah, so consider your health and safety. Um, uh, a massive point. Yeah, because a bit of brief advice, it's not expensive. Yeah, and you wouldn't normally, as I say, we're all here talking about costs, so mm. you know, wondering how the hell you got into health and safety. But yeah, the cost implications are getting it mm. wrong. In include it up front. You know what? There's there's health and safety advisors out there. Um, we can probably put you in touch with some in your local area um, if, if you need that sort of advice. But yeah, we can put you in touch with people. But I would imagine on a small build as a one-off fee just for setting you up and making sure you're meeting your client's duties, construction design management regulations, 2016, as a client, you have duties that you have to perform, must perform under law. Um, they can make sure that you're doing your duties for a very small fee. I would I would suggest five hundred pound or less. It's not a lot of money, um, and and if you've got a builder on board, they don't generally need to come back. Maybe the odd visit, um, and you will save yourself thousands in HSE interventions. Well, I think that unless you want to do something else, Dave, is, is a nice positive, bizarrely way to finish, isn't it? Let's talk about yes. ways saving thousands. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Saving I, thousands. I know it was a bit of a left field one, but I just no, thought no, I'd throw that it's in. it's a good one. I like it. I really like it. And I am mindful of, of you know, how much of your time and those listening to this podcast of, of their time I'm taking, despite the fact they'll be used to my ramblings. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, you know it, it's a massive subject, clearly, and we could talk and talk and talk about it. And, you know, as we said earlier, we're never going to, Across all eventualities, it's impossible. No scenarios. We've you know we tried to keep them generic, haven't we? But yeah. Um, but you know, let's. If I was going to summarise it, and you know, I'll leave the final words, Dave. Really, but you know, so my summary is, you know, we are by definition. If you're talking to us as the developer, and and you're talking to Source Capital, we're both trying to find a way of doing a deal. If that deal is a deal that that should be progressing, you know, that's the reality of it. We're not looking for ways not to do deals. Um, you know, uh, I know someone once called me, you know, the dream wrecker. <laughs> um, but you know, it, to roll that into the cliche, it, it's it's generally we're quite happy to, to have dreams, but having a financial nightmare is no one's 
you know, it's no fun for anyone. It's no fun for us. It's certainly no fun for you. Um, so yeah, if there's a way we can make this work successfully, that's exactly what we'll be doing. Put the groundwork in. Appreciate it. it's probably the boring bit. You know, yes, we know there's some costs, but ultimately, you know, those costs at the start could end up saving you thousands and tens of thousands, and even on scale, hundreds of thousands as as you go through this, or even prison time, as Dave joyously yeah. told you. Um, yeah, construction. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, let's do it. You know, but keeping construction costs under control. I think a big part of that is just making sure you've got the processes right and you've done the due diligence right and you've got mm. the contracts right and you've backed the right horse, isn't there? Yeah, get get as much detail in your quote as you can. Get a contract that protects you. Make sure there's some retention in there and monitor. And yeah, it's, I don't want to say it's as simple as that because there's obviously a lot of detail into that. But it really is, you know, if you, if you, if you just keep those things in mind, you, you won't go too far wrong. Uh, yeah, and that's, you know, it's not simple. I don't think anyone thinks it is simple, but I think it's a simple message, mm -hmm. which is, you know, if you don't do that and you expect it to work out great, then you're on a bit of a wing and a prayer, aren't you? Yeah, 100%. So, um, thanks to Dave. I'm sure you'll be oh, cheers, Dave. hearing from Dave again. Uh, something you'll be delighted to know, probably without me on the other side of the microphone. Um, I'm now going to read something that means nothing to me, but apparently if you read the uh, pub podcast description that uh, will signpost you to further information or in someone of my generation you can just check the website also which will uh, give you more detail so thank you all and catch you again soon bye thank you for listening to the sourced property podcast 